0: Welcome to the Three Ball Guys Talk Marketing Podcast with Three Ball Guys, Fred Peritsky of FCP Digital, Paul Schindel of Three Bears Communications, and freelance writer Rodney Warner. Thank you again, folks, for joining us at Three Ball Guys Talk Marketing. And today's episode is using social media for marketing. And there's all kinds of social media. There's literally hundreds of millions of people using social media. And it can be a tremendously powerful tool to help market your product or service. But how do you do it correctly? And that's what we're going to talk about today with Fred Peritsky of. F-Z-P Digital.
1: Great, Rodney, thank you. And uh, Paul, (laughs) welcome back again, as usual.
0: And Paul Schindel of Three Bears Communication.
1: (laughs) It's a very very
2: smooth start. (laughs) Yes, smoother than (laughs)
0: usual. So where do you guys want to start? I mean, this is is a pretty wide-ranging animal, so...
2: And I think the first thing to uh, do in discussing uses of social media is to make the clear distinction between a personal profile and a business page. Facebook has two distinct categories, more than that, but two distinct categories for, for this type of thing. As an individual, chances are you have a Facebook profile. It's, you know, it's your picture, it's your, you know, favorite sports team, it's your dog, your cat, your family, your, you know, pictures from your vacation, and way too many pictures of what you had for dinner last Mm -hmm. night. A uh, page, on the other hand, is a business entity that has um, the business contact information, what you do, where you're located, what your hours are. Um, what you do differently and better than anyone else. It actually can be very similar in that sense to a website. However, it's accessed and leveraged through the Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest or Twitter or LinkedIn um, networks.
0: So, is, so, Fred, you know, as far as when you talk to your clients yes. and, and you work with clients with social media, what do you see as, where are clients most confused about or, or what, where do they need the most education? What don't they understand?
1: Paul just uh, gave a brief summary on what I talk to all of my clients about. Your personal uh, social media pages, especially Facebook, since that's the one that most people have, should never be used for your business. It can be used to link things that are on your business page and every business should have a Facebook business page, which doesn't get crazy comments from everybody because there's nothing political on there or there should be nothing political. You shouldn't have posts about your dinner. It should strictly be posts about your business. And what I do with my clients that use me for email marketing also, any of the email marketing that we do is linked to their social media so for example, I have a couple of realtors that I do a monthly newsletter for. That monthly articles are part of their blog and immediately go into social media. So people go back and forth between their website, their social media, and the email marketing tool. So it's, very, it's very important that you keep them separate. LinkedIn also, most business people have a LinkedIn page. You should have a page for your business, which is totally different. That's where people would go to find out about your business how big you are, your some credentials about the business, other people that are involved in your business. And they can also all link from your website. So I also tell people that your social media pages and your social media networks are not your website. There's some, they're an auxiliary to help you tell people about your business. It's used more for a website with air quotes by restaurants. That'll have their hours posted and specials that they can change daily. But most people still want to go to your website to find out about your credibility. But definitely social media is an amazing auxiliary way to do additional uh, marketing for your business.
0: So, Paul, do you think that Facebook is good if you're in the business to business business or just you're just selling to the general public?
2: Well, I would say yes. (laughs) okay (laughs) for b2b channels facebook is probably um, in many cases less productive than other channels would be Um, but that's not to say that it shouldn't be part of your mix because um, in in many cases with small and mid-sized businesses um, the the customers and prospects for those businesses are during their off hours are going home they may be sitting in front of the TV or something but they're scrolling through their phone, their iPad, whatever and checking up on sort of the day's news, the postings that are up there and if your business says um, hey we've we've got um, just got in a, a huge shipment of um, Chrome bumpers for Chrysler's from 1947 to 2017 and you're in the Chrysler bumper you know aftermarket business. That's good for you to know.
1: We've
0: discussed Facebook a little bit, and we've discussed LinkedIn a tidy bit, and and we plan on doing an episode just on LinkedIn because we think it's it, it could be so useful. You know, Fred, wh- what do you see as the other social media uh, channels that uh, that a that a business should think
1: about? The next one that's probably the most important is Instagram. I may not have said that same thing last year. Twitter, while it's it's good, is still more of commenting. And Paul might be able to talk more about advertising. But Instagram fulfills some of the things that people love, like like sort of instant gratification, which is where the name most likely comes from. If you're in any kind of business, especially business to consumer, where you can show pictures of clothing, food, cars, musical instruments, especially little videos of people using your product. It's very, very powerful. And Instagram and Facebook, as most people know, are connected. And when you do advertising through Facebook, it's also connected to your Instagram account. So a business Instagram account is really huge. And I have some clients, especially in the clothing business, women's clothing, it's very popular, hairdressers. Women like to see pictures of other women. Men like to see pictures of women. So those things are very, they're very important. Men like to see pictures of women and videos of cars, motorcycles. You'll see a lot of car companies are using every social media channel. All
2: right, so I have to interrupt and say that we're not going to go down the uh, gender-specific rabbit hole of who likes what. Um, But with that said, um, the, the bigger idea, I think, is that Instagram is an extremely visual medium. It's a, place f- it's a place for pictures with captions not the other way around. Uh, Facebook also is increasingly a visual medium. You can get some good traction just by posting, you know, again, that you've got um, your daily special in your restaurant or you've got all these new bumpers for your Chrysler's, whatever it may be. But um, a picture of those bumpers and a picture of your beautiful... Um, Pastries that are available in your bakery are uh, is way more valuable than a thousand words describing those things.
0: You know, as far as social media, I think it all started with words. Twitter certainly didn't. You had very limited uh, ability. I think there's what only 140 characters. 280. Now it's 280, and then it's. I mean, it's evolved, and then it was photos and videos I and mean, videos and audio but it's my understanding that what really gets people's attention on social media whatever the channel is are videos yes i mean is is that what you tell your clients is that what they should be doing
2: pictures are better than words alone moving pictures are better than in most if if well produced are better than most still pictures. Of course, on on a, a platform like Instagram, um, it's very well suited to being able to post multiple still images or even multiple moving images, where you swipe from one to the next to get a story about whatever is being discussed on on Instagram. And you know, I want to take a step back to to make sure that we make the point that Facebook, Instagram twitter linkedin pinterest and um all the others snapchat let's not leave snapchat out of the conversation these are all um parts of a marketing mix and with very few exceptions you can't do just one of them or and for that matter you can't just have a website and say okay my marketing is set i've got it it's done you need to um, ideally create content that lives on your website and gets cross-posted and repurposed in as many different channels as you possibly can. You create that article, that newsletter, post it on your website, and then tease it with a short sentence or two that links back to your website from Facebook, from Instagram, from Twitter, correct, from LinkedIn.
1: And I just want to give a little um, shout-out to a business that's not a client of mine or Paul's or Rodney's. Yet. Yet. The Green Parrot Restaurant in Newtown. If you live in the Newtown area and and you see their postings on social media, most of them have absolutely nothing to do directly with the Green Parrot as a uh, bar and restaurant. It has to do with things that people like. This is why I brought up the gender issue. Because the person who does their social media is very astute at the things that they post. They'll post pictures of a wedding, maybe a, a bride and a groom, because women love to see other women as brides. Men like to see nice pictures or pictures of kids. They'll have neat captions about it. Very rarely, or sports, a lot of sports, but very rarely are they saying, come to the Green Parrot for our drink of the week or our dinner of the week. and they get an incredible number of impressions, likes, um, shares, tags on all of these things. Normally, in most businesses, you wouldn't do that, but for a fun kind of place, you can. If you're a CPA firm, a law firm manufacturer, you're gonna probably stick to things that directly affect your business. But if you can ever do something out of the ordinary that draws attention, to your business, you should definitely do that when you're using your social media.
0: You know, in, in my experience, and you know, I think that's that's kind of a tactic. You know, I mostly work for law firms. I guess that the idea is you'd also use for, for professional services is if you're doing, a, a, I have a family law practice, why not have a picture of a Perfectly functional, happy family. I mean, if you're in the personal injury business, you know maybe you have somebody on crutches or you know, on a, in a wheelchair, but you don't have the person look absolutely horrible and depressed. You know, the person is in a good mood; things are going well. I mean, it's not just don't show pictures of law libraries and the outside of courthouses for the love of God. Don't <laughs> don't put those on your on your. And law if you could ever put website. a
1: picture of a happy baby. <laughs> You'll get a huge number of <laughs> well, you know, if you're
0: if you do like adoptions, that would you know you yeah, want the happy yeah. baby pictures. Of course. So, um, so, 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 and
2: let's not leave kittens and puppies. Yeah, exactly. if at all
0: possible, you know, because because actually, one of my clients uh, writes uh, trusts for pets. So, if somebody passes away, they'll be able to create a trust to take care of your dog after you've passed away.
2: Rodney, I don't have a dog.
0: So at least least not yet. So Paul, what I would, (laughs) can you, so so let's say I'm a client and there's this social media marketing tools out there, you know, draw me the line between my spending on social media advertising or marketing and more money coming into my pocket because I'm going to increase sales. I mean, how, how are, how are the two connected? I mean how does one impact the other?
2: Sometimes it does not. Sometimes it is strictly strictly reputation building kind of messages. And certainly when it comes to things like a law firm on social media, it would be about building the reputation of the firm of the of the partners, maybe some examples of, you know, cases that that have been won, advice sort of general advice about Maybe a change in the law, or you should be aware that you have rights regarding X, Y, or Z. Um, but keeping it very broad because there are restrictions on uh, attorney advertising that you know you don't want to cross those lines. Um, in other cases, it can be very—you can draw a very direct line as long as we're citing examples. Um, the wonderful gingered Peach Bakery in Lawrenceville has, um, does great social media and oftentimes will post pictures of their latest creation, whatever, and they can really draw a direct line between posting that image at 6.30 in the morning and being sold out by 8 a.m. because they have promoted that particular item. Um, so they're able, it's much easier typically in a retail situation to be able to connect the dots between social media activity and sales. Right.
0: So, so Fred, so let's say a, a client comes in and is interested in, in social media marketing. and Let's say I'm the client, but I don't have money to do everything on every single kind of social media. I mean, how do you decide, okay, this kind of client would be good for this type of social media. How do you how do you pick and choose and prioritize, you know, this kind of client would be good for Facebook or this kind of client would be better with Pinterest or whatever. So so how do you how do you decide where people would are, are the best fit?
1: Well, a lot of that has to do just like you said with the type of business that they're in. For example, my clients that are in clothing retail, Facebook, Instagram are perfect for them because you can show pictures I really don't have many clients that use Snapchat. I've used it before with Newtown Business Association. It's just not really in my wheelhouse. But I find the most the most benefit from the business Facebook page and Instagram. I have one client who every week, multiple times a week, is showing a cool outfit for Monday. And she'll go through the days of the week. And get, she gets a lot of response from the women. I love that. Does it come in my size? When When can I get that? I have this event coming up. So there's a lot of engagement, which I'd like people to to remember. There's two main things that you want to do with any business, and we're all selling something, and that's listen to your clients and then engage them. And social media, I find, is all about engaging. Your website is about trust. Is it secure, as we've talked about before? And you want to be engaging, but really the social media is how you engage further to your customers and clients. LinkedIn is not as great for a hairdresser. Hairdresser wants to show pictures of their latest styles. LinkedIn is not a great way to do that. You can put images and videos on there. Most people will not look at LinkedIn for that purpose. They're going to look for more business to business as opposed to business to consumer for certain things. For business, professional services, lawyers, CPAs, financial planning, insurance, those type of things, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, are way better than that. Instagram could be used, it's just not as useful. I wouldn't put that at the top if we're prioritizing.
2: Really the way to um, distinguish your media selection, your social media selection, goes to demographics. Because Facebook is certainly the largest, has the biggest audience, has amazing tools. And those tools, by the way, by and large, are transferable to Instagram as well. But if you're trying to sell to anyone over age 40, they're not looking at their face. They have a Facebook page, and they may be looking to see if their uncle or aunt or you know someone over the over 40 has um, you know has posted a, a picture of a family reunion. But um, if you want to sell to people under 40, who are an extremely important demographic because they are people who. Are making brand decisions that oftentimes last a lifetime. So, if you're selling to people under forty, you need to include uh, Instagram as well as Facebook. If your audience is primarily teenagers or early twenties, Snapchat is an important place to be as well. So, it's and there's crossover in those. So, you know, between teenage into early twenties it's snapchat morphing into instagram morphing into facebook and you can't really draw hard lines there so it's important to be in in more than one place for that likewise um if you're talking about a b2b audience or you're talking about young professionals from even in some cases from kids who are still in college certainly those who are graduating the the LinkedIn page becomes important if you're recruiting, you know, uh, workforce people and for building your brand among among people with an interest in whatever it is you're selling.
0: You know, one of the things that that Fred mentioned that the Green Parrot does very well is uh, I guess it's fair to say their posts are not all about them. Correct. and and that's as i understand it that's like that's like death for for social media if all you talk about is you and all you talk about is the sale that's coming up tuesday i mean that's that's really not what people are going to
2: want to
0: yeah. read all the time you need to put out material that that's going to be of interest to the demographic that you want to come to your business but you just it, it can't be all about
1: me, me, right. me. You have to know your audience. It, uh, that's the that's the key.
2: But you know, to some extent, it can, I believe, be all about me, me, me if me is what your um, what your audience is coming to you for. So if you are the ginger peach bakery, you know, as a customer of, of that of that, you know, business. I want to I want to see what they're up to, what their specials are, what, you know, um, something about their people and that sort of thing. I don't really care to hear from them about how the sp- you know a sports score or something in the news or anything like that. And the flip side of that, I've looked at the Green Parrots uh, Facebook page, and a great deal of the content there is borrowed interest. So if it's common interest. All right, everybody's into the Phillies maybe. And so you're going to get a lot of eyeballs for that. It really doesn't say anything about about the the Green Parrot and what makes them different or special or because it's a bar and restaurant, it's not a, a sports network.
0: Well, I think maybe people go to the Green Parrot to watch the Phillies games.
2: Well, that may be. Right, there's there's a
1: lot of that there, so I think they do have a good a good uh, thing with that. But something um, that I always think about, we talk about mobile websites. Most people don't even think about the fact that all of the social media is all geared towards mobile. It's only because we're mobile that we have it. And I was I was listening to a webinar this morning, and there's a statistic that I've heard before, but it's really incredible when you think about it. Most people, especially those consumers under forty, I think it's about eighty five percent will use their social media to shop while shopping in a store. So if they're in a clothing store or in a home goods store, the first thing they're going to do is go to their social media or to websites of like businesses to see what the prices are, to see what they're selling, which is, you know, a recent phenomenon. Normally you would do things a different way, but it's happening right in the store. I find myself doing it a lot also, and then buying things either from that store because, especially some of the large chains, I don't want to mention names, don't have the same offers in the store as online. And some of the salespeople don't even know that they can get something cheaper online than in their same store. So it's very, very powerful to have a good social media.
0: What was mentioned was it's, social media is a great way to to engage in a conversation with with the people who you want to do business with. And sometimes that conversation is, I went to your store last Thursday and the clerk was really rude to me and the place was dirty and I'm never going back there ever again. What should someone do? How do they handle those kinds of social media postings that that kind of responds?
2: Well, you made a key point there, which is that social media is about having the conversation. And certainly At one extreme, if someone says this company, this store, you know, sucks, everything is terrible, and you know, and it's just awful, 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 using language much more colorful than what I what I have. um, The appropriate thing may simply be to block them, frankly. Um, But short of um, an inflammatory situation like that. You want to um, engage politely and say, um, you know, thanks for bringing to our attention the fact that um, you didn't get the right items in your shopping bag, or the, you know, whatever your circumstances may be. Um, and we certainly strive to do better. And in some cases, you may want to invite them to private message you or come into your your business. And meet with you personally to make sure that you can make them happy. And and the you know the benefit of that goes beyond that one in one relate one to one relationship, because you've got an audience who's following that that chain of, of uh, conversation, and it's a reflection on you how you handle that that uh, door closing.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that reviews. Should be, uh, you should solicit people for reviews and say, if you have, if you enjoy the product or the service, please give us a review. We all ask for that by having people like our page, write reviews, and there should be conversation. I find that the best outlet that I've seen for that is TripAdvisor. Whenever my wife and I go someplace, maybe not to a dinner, but for a vacation, the hotels use TripAdvisor a lot to combat negative reviews, and to enhance the good reviews. So when you see a negative review, you shouldn't just dismiss it as the owner of a business. You should engage them and say, which Paul had said this before, what can we do next time? We're sorry you had a bad um, situation there. What can we do next time? Most people look at that as a positive. You know, they're, they're thinking about me, they're not just shooing me away. That business is gonna turn that negative review into something more positive but you also want to to engage people to like your business. If they're positive reviews, you should also engage with them too, thanking them. Thank you for liking our restaurant, for liking our clothing store. Thanks for coming back. You've been a customer for many years. And when it's negative, unless it's somebody who's off the rails, say, I'm sorry that you got the wrong pizza. Come back and we'll make sure we make it right. Something to make them happy so that they say good reviews. Sometimes you can't make people happy and you're just going to have to live with it and also in this same webinar that i saw those businesses that have all 100 percent great reviews are not viewed as trustworthy because it, it's not possible that every customer is 100 percent happy with everything that you do
0: so ideally out of five you want like four and a half or four and three quarters like that,
1: that would be that would be great and think about the products that we all do when we go to Home Depot, Staples, all those types of companies, and we want to buy a somewhat expensive product, we want to look at those reviews. And you can sort of figure out the ones that are really crazy people. They'll say in, in a hotel, for example, they'll give it one star, but they'll start out saying, the hotel was beautiful, the people were really nice, but I had a lousy eggs for breakfast. So you can read through some of the reviews and say, well, you know what, all these other reviews that were fours and fives are great the one that's a one or a two it's really not so bad unless there's a whole bunch of them with really negative things that scare you to not go to that place
0: so i want to circle back to a previous episode and we kind of touched on uh, social media a little bit and that's search engine optimization so paul could you can you hit upon again the the importance of uh, social media and uh, a well executed uh, social media campaign and how that might impact uh, search engine results?
2: Search engine results do show up if you, in for example, if you're searching in Google for a, a business uh, or an individual for that matter, their, their Facebook content will typically show up pretty high uh, in your search results. So what you do in social media does affect your overall search engine rankings. That is not going to be affected, per se, by um, the paid media that you might do with social media. Promoted posts, you know, they, whether they call it promoted posts or sponsored and what have you, those are all paid advertising. In
0: the past, we, we talked about how if, if you had a really great article, blog, photo, whatever, on your website, it might get posted on social media, and maybe it'll become the big thing I mean so so what's what's the relationship between social media and good search engine results
1: well there is there's is pretty much of a direct link between them. we had talked in a previous episode about Yext which is a company that helps you with your power listings throughout the internet on all the little search engines in addition to Google well one one of those search engines is Facebook another one of those engines is Google my business Which is also a social media channel in a way because you're engaging with your customers there. People put reviews on. Many times, the first connection with your business is when somebody Googles how to get to your business through Google Maps and Google My Business is going to come up. So, there is a direct correlation between your search engine optimization and your social media. But you want to have it, uh, you want to really have a whole plan the plan is this to have a beautiful well-functioning website that's optimized for search engines to have your social media channels that match the look and the branding of your website have an email marketing and this is all ultimately have an email marketing plan that incorporates your social media so you post directly from any emails that you send to your customers and clients and prospects that get posted to tell the general public about what you're doing. All of this helps your social media. And when you Google yourself, and I think everybody should Google their business and the, their, themselves to see where the postings come from, and you'd be so very surprised as to where they are. It came from a blog article. It may come from your volunteerism at your church or synagogue or some other organization that has a newsletter and you'll see yourself listed in there. So there's a lot of ways to boost you know your search engine optimization through this and social media is an amazing way to do it. So Paul, I mean,
0: those of us who've used social media have noticed that there's advertising on it. So so how does advertising on, on a social media uh, outlet like a Facebook or a, a Twitter or or whatever it is. How does that fit with overall marketing? And and when is that a good idea? And maybe that's not such a great idea.
2: If your if your business is well suited to a social media climate, so primarily business to consumer, some business to business, then you could really make a lot of inroads in terms of growing your audience, reaching existing and new customers through paid advertising on social media. Um, the opportunity now, there, there are a couple ways to do that. The down and dirty way that is pretty much um, a crapshoot and rec- not recommended by, uh, by us at any time is when Facebook, for example... Um, takes the thing that you just posted recently and says, you can boost this for $5 or for $10 or $20. And that that is a very, it's a shotgun approach. It's very generalized. It's not going to get the kind of results that, that you want to put good money into. But through the Facebook advertising tools, we can target very specifically people in terms of their geographic location, in terms of their age, whether they have children or not, children of X, Y, or Z age, um, perhaps things like, not perhaps, but indeed, um, things like affiliations with a little league, a church or synagogue, a, um, a, a social club of some sort, um, a neighborhood association, um, we can target people who who have interests that are aligned with what your, you know, what your company is is offering. Um, so we can find firefighters if you are selling selling you know emergency lights for cars. There are all kinds of channels for for selections for things like that, which let you be very targeted in your advertising on social media. Those are very, very powerful uh, tools, and we've had a lot of success with our clients advertising uh, their, their products and services using the targeting that lets them reach the right people and not reach those who are maybe not that interested. I would add one other thing, which is that in some cases, you want to reach and I'll use Facebook again as an example. You can do this with Instagram as well. Sometimes you want to reach your Facebook audience with a, a higher, you know, intensity than just another post. Sometimes you want to reach people who are friends of mm-hmm. your Facebook audience, but maybe not the Facebook people. The Facebook people already know you, you know, your your current followers know you. But you want to get their friends engaged. You can make selections like that as well with social media.
0: You know, I'd, I'd like the two of you to look in your your individual or collective crystal ball, and 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 you know, what do you see as as the future of social media and how it'll impact marketing or or how people can exploit social media for for marketing? I mean, do you see any trends or have any ideas where this is where all this is going?
2: Well. One one place that it's going is into more private spaces. So, um, with all the all the clamor that has happened justifiably in the last few years related to sort of invasions of privacy and invasions by things like the Russians <laughs> into our elections, Facebook has been kind of morphing their um, a lot of their uh, direction and their audience into some of their other apps and other features. So they are much more aggressively pushing their groups, which are channels where people, where like-minded people can get together and talk about, whether it's, you know, dog walking or political topics or anything like that. But those can be uh, groups that can be monitored and a closed group can allow only those who ask to be invited and are accepted into Mm -hmm. the group. They're also pushing the communication through the Facebook Messenger app. And it's more and more common for people to reach out to a business or a friend for that matter through Facebook Messenger rather than through their texting app on their iPhone or or Android.
1: Right. And there's a lot of use of uh, bots through Facebook Messenger and you'll get, you'll, you will get unwanted messages, but that's part of marketing also. And remarketing is another source and remarketing is when you're, you bought widgets from Home Depot where you were looking at widgets on Amazon and you're, you're scrolling through Facebook to see what's going on and that widget that you were looking at is right there in front of you from Amazon. So the, f- the things that we thought about years ago that could never possibly happen are happening. So the future is now, and it's just going to be more and more useful. The groups are also a great way. I'm on several groups not to do business for, but just things that I'm interested in, like drums and percussion that you have to be allowed in from the moderator. They try and vet people a little bit. They may ask you one or two questions to see if you belong in that group. They're pretty innocuous. But there is selling that goes on in those groups.
2: One one thing that we haven't touched on so far is the challenges of actually building an audience on Facebook. So it's great that you know my company has a Facebook page, Three Bears, um, but um, getting people to actually you know like and follow that page is a challenge, and of course maintaining that is is a matter of Getting those people in the first place and maintaining that is a matter of posting frequently. Um, the the ideal for those who can pull it off is, again, depending on your business, your category, is to post several times a day because people are, you know, coming and going on social media and I, Facebook may have, I'm sure they have this research, I haven't seen it, you know, how far... Do people scroll down there, you know, down down their screen, to get to that thing that you posted last night at nine p.m. when it's now today at five p.m. Um, so posting frequently is really really important. If you can encourage people to make sure that they both uh, like your page and follow your mm-hmm. page, that's a plus. And if they then like and share and comment any any or all of those on your posts. Then they are more likely to uh, to see you. Facebook's algorithm works that way. So the more you like me, the more you'll see of me, until you're sick of me. And
1: it's also important to tag people. So when you're on your social media, especially Facebook, and you're going to share an article, it's a good idea to tag people in that article that you want them to see what you're sharing. Because your friends will see the sharing, but if you've tagged them, they're going to see it more immediately than having to scroll through it. Tagging, sharing are all great things that you should do. And
2: hashtagging as well. Hashtagging. Because as, you know, thanks first to Twitter and now it's in common usage across the platforms. If you have a, a particular topic and you tag you use a hashtag for that topic people are more and more are searching by hashtag to find uh discussions about that
1: topic right and you can do the same a similar thing on linkedin when you publish an article you can pick the hashtags that you want people to follow if whatever the topic is i always pick web design digital marketing marketing and if it's about lawyers or cpas i'll put hashtag something about attorneys CPAs, tax law, whatever I'm writing about, so that it will go into their feeds. And a lot of it is recognition. Does it relate to immediate business? No, but uh, in the repetition, it will. Anything else uh, you guys want to chime in
2: before we wrap it up? Thanks for another great episode (laughs) and for hosting us, Rodney.
0: No,
1: Yeah, thanks for having us.
0: My pleasure. So we greatly appreciate uh, you listening to our podcasts. If you like it please tell your
1: friends if you don't like it please don't tell your friends look for us on facebook <laughs> that's right look for us on facebook twitter instagram linkedin and wherever podcasts wherever you get your podcasts apple podcast is probably the number one google podcast go to our website com, and you can subscribe right there
0: so thanks again for listening um if you have any questions, if we can give you any help, please let us know. Uh, once again, I'm Rodney Warner, and I can be reached at writer for hire. That's all spelled out at
1: Outlook.com. Fred Peritsky from FCP Digital, and you can reach me at Fred at FZPdigital.com.
2: And I'm Paul Schindel, Three Bears Advertising and Marketing Communications in Princeton. Paul at threebears.com. Spell it out, T-H-R-E-E, bears.com. Thanks again.
0: Thank you for joining us at the Three Bald Guys Talk Marketing Podcast. Please join us again next time. and Check out our website at three, the number three, baldguyspodcast.com Until next time, may the good marketing be yours.